Today in Agronomy on KFILAM AM 1060 with Pioneer Field Agronomist Allie Wise and Josh Schaffner. Here's Josh and Allie. Good morning, Southeast Minnesota. Today is August 18th, 2021. Josh, this is episode number 79. Um, we're really moving into the home stretch of the 2021 growing season. It's kind of how I think of it in my mind. Um, you know, it just seems like every year once we maybe get to that July pollination time, everything just seems to speed up and really fly by. So, you know, unfortunately, we did have another week here without any rainfall, which is causing some crops, you know, depending on where you sit area wise, to maybe hasten through the the maturation process just a little bit, but um, I think nonetheless, we've still got a lot of potential that we're putting on this crop. So it's not that we've completely lost everything because of these dry conditions. Um, and I think that probably just leads us into a, a nice update of where we sit GDU wise and how that pieces into the story of the corn crop. Yeah. It, um, yeah. The, the crop's progressing rapidly. I think that's the big thing. It's um, it's always amazing. You know, it just seems like even day to day, you can see how how fast the crop is progressing. And in GDU wise for Preston, uh, if we look at a, an April 20th start date or a planning date, um, we're currently to 2046. I know we talked in the last episode, Allie, that uh, a couple of weeks ago that we thought we'd be at 2000 in a couple of weeks and, and we're there. Um, that's really a great place to be. That's 172 above the normal uh, you pair that with the early planting dates. Uh, we're really, we're really progressed, and even from last year, uh, you know, we had a, a you know a fairly early crop too. We're progressing ahead of, of one year ago as well. Uh, if we kind of look at the two-week forecast, it's projecting to get us to twenty-three forty-six, um, which you know some early hybrids. Like if you had say a ninety, you know maybe a ninety-four five-day hybrid planted early in that window, that's going to be knocking on the door of black layer. I do think, Allie, by after the warm weather this week, by Sunday or Monday, I think we'll see milk lines starting to form on the, the corn as well uh, and have that drop down. Um, but yeah, just in a great spot. Uh, I know the moisture has been spotty. I think we still got a, a bit of an east-west divide, Allie, which we'll talk a little bit about maybe later in this segment. But um, yeah, as we get west, um, you know, maybe seeing some some yield getting getting taken as we come east, hanging in there pretty strong. Where they've just been, you know, fortunate to catch a few more rains. But um, overall, I, I think that's going to be the story of the crop is just kind of where's the line of where the moisture is really going to hurt us and, and where's the line that it's, it's maybe not going to play much of a factor at all. Yeah. And I think, you know, key points of what you just covered there too. So we've, we've passed that 2000 GDU threshold, which is quite significant. So like you said, you look at a 94 day product for us, like a 94, 92, that's 300 less than 350 GDUs away from maturity. And maybe you look at the upper end of that range, you know, like an 0622 Chrome product, that's 550 GDUs away. So, you know, this crop still has a lot of its yield that's going to be putting on. So, you know, I don't think we need to tell everyone how important, you know, sunshine, overnight temps and moisture still are as we progress through. But, you know, in terms of current state of the corn, I think I'd like to come back to your comment on we do certainly have a little bit of an east-west divide in terms of what that means from a moisture standpoint. Arguably, you know, we talk a lot about east of 52, west of 52. I think the line from a moisture standpoint is probably more runs along Highway 63. So when you start getting mm -hmm. west of Highway 63, um, that's where these crops have, you know, they were they were stressing a while back. We caught a little bit of rain that that's held them through. But you look at late last week, some of those stress points um, on those fields have started to fire up again. So we know we're maybe we're maybe shaving off a little more potential there than what you're looking at to the east, but um, moisture wise still hanging on 
relatively well e 63 is that what you'd, you'd say josh yeah i think so and i've been as i've been assessing the crop here you know we need one more rain to really i think finish it strong but um you know as i walk some fields um you know in fillmore county and winona and houston and up towards olmstead and wawasha um you know really great potential there i think in some cases you know maybe you know as good a potential as you could hope for in some cases, i think some some fields will probably you know if we catch one more rain i think some fields will be you know, some growers will see some record yields on some of that stuff. It, it looks so good. And I know the moisture hasn't been there. We always talk about Allie, and we've been so wet the last few years that, you know, a lot of cases will probably raise a little, a little better crop, slightly drier than we ever will ultra wet. And that's kind of where they're sitting. We've also, I think the X factor has been, you know, the sunlight, we've just had a lot of sun, a lot of solar radiation and, and um, you know, it, it that can have big impacts on the crop and in a good way for the corn and beans. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out, but uh, I still think everyone, you know, we need rain across the area in general, but one more rain east of 63. And, and I think it could be, you know, the potentials out there to have a, a really, a really good crop. That's for sure. Yep. And even west of 63, you look at, we're still putting on 30 to 40% of that yield potential. So mm-hmm. we've still got some time to to pull that potential back in. I think, um, what does this mean for the corn silage crop, Josh, just in terms of how quickly we're progressing? Yeah, I think that's going to be the big story in the next couple of weeks. Uh, just number one, it's going to creep up on us. And I think in some cases, you know, even after this warm weather we're having here this week, Allie, I think next week, some producers at least want to maybe you know grab a few plants and just get a gauge. Okay, where are we for whole plant moisture? And I think if we stay dry and stay hot, I think it's really going to sneak up on us. And in some cases, it's going to be hard to probably have a very wide window that we stay in that moisture especially maybe if we didn't do fungicide, that's going to probably narrow that window even more. I think where we did fungicide, we'll see a little more stability of that plant holding moisture, but I think it's something we're going to have to monitor extremely close and we'll give some updates here, but um, you know, with milk lines likely going to start to form after this, this warm spell, we got to keep an eye on it and uh, watch that because it's critical to get it. In some cases, we may have to start just a little wetter than we want to, to hit our target, but that'll be something we want to talk about. When we come back from break, we'll talk a little bit more about corn and also kind of give an update on the, the soybeans. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, segment one, we got uh, kind of ran out of time there, getting into the corn silage segment alley. We also wanted to kind of preview um, our little, well, it's Midwest Pro Farmer Crop Tour Week, which is always kind of exciting. And, and and obviously, I think a lot of attention on that just with, you know, we got pretty strong commodity prices and, and we know there's some some very dry, you know, drought conditions out there. Kind of a, you know, we talked about our local east-west divide. I think there's also a larger Corn Belt east-west divide and where that moisture line is too. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of what the finale looks like. And, uh, you know, we'll be up in Rochester on on Thursday um, as well, Allie, and it'll be fun to see kind of the finale and then get a gauge of what they saw on the crop tour. But uh, on Thursday, Allie, we're also going to get together and do a little bit of a crop tour to try to, we talked about our Highway 63 east-west divide, but uh, we're going to go out on Thursday and kind of do a a Southeast Minnesota crop tour, Allie, and just wonder if you can give us little details of kind of what our game plan is for that. Yeah, so I think, so last year we kind of made a a large loop across the southeast corner of Minnesota. I think this year we're going to maybe call it more of our I-90 crop tour. So we're going to start to the farthest west part of our territory. You know, you think of that Austin area, maybe a little bit west, and then we're just going to keep progressing on east. And along the way, we hope to have, you know, use the pro farmer method within our product knowledge plots. So by doing that, we're going to try and pick, you know, three, four of our pioneer products, along with the competitive products in those locations um, to yield checks so that we can provide you with a, a, you know, really consistent update from similar products between both pioneer and competitors 
Um, and just in terms of what that looks like as we move from the West to the East, like you said, you mentioned that divide, but I think that'll be a nice way to really summarize what we're experiencing, depending on where you sit in our area here in Southeast Minnesota. So pretty excited about that, Josh. Uh, what did I miss there on that tour? Always fun to, to have a day full of looking at corn. Yeah, I've just been trying to calculate in my head here if, um, you know, how many locations we could hit. I I had in my mind that could we get to eight or 10 and that might be a little bit aggressive. I think eight might be um, doable. 10 could be a little bit aggressive. We're, we're fortunate we have so many of those lo locations, Allie, that I always joke that if you're standing anywhere in Southeast Minnesota, you're probably within 15 minutes of a Pioneer product knowledge plot, uh, which is pretty cool. But, you know, we'll, we'll get that plotted out and, and we'll just have to see how efficient we can be that day. But I think it'll be some great stuff. And it'll be fun to look at the same products as we go west to east, just looking at, obviously, do we have tip back where it's drier or where we had more stress and and, uh, and just kind of keep working our way way east and see what we find. But uh, yeah, we'll do a lot of Twitter updates on that. That'll be the best way to follow us. Um, you know, if you don't follow us, I'm at Josh Hoffner. And I'm at LEG Wise. Yeah, LEG Wise. So yeah, look for us there and we'll be sure to, to push it out as best we can. And then we'll obviously have plenty to talk about on next week's show as we talk about those results and maybe the greater results for the Pro Farmer Tour as well. Yeah, looking forward to it. So like Josh said, we'll keep you updated on Twitter. I'll let us know if you have any specific questions on that. Um, Josh, don't want to forget about soybeans here. Obviously, you know, we don't need to, to tell everyone how much potential is sitting in the soybean crop just in terms of pod counts. They've just been, you know, kind of astronomical this year. So a lot of potential sitting in that crop. Obviously, same story as, as corn. This end of August rain here would still have a huge factor on the yield of the soybean crop here in Minnesota. Um, but I think, you know, several questions this week on the soybean crop, just in terms of what are we seeing disease level wise? Um, levels had been pretty low um, leading up to August as we've progressed into the month of August, maybe seeing a little bit of disease here and there, still pretty mild would be my opinion, but what's your take as you've you've made your way across the area this week? Yeah, it, it had been, a, I think, a relatively quiet year in the soybeans uh, overall. You know, August is always the make or break month for soybeans. That's usually when, you know, when we think about, you know, insects or we think about disease, that's usually when, you know, I always think August makes or breaks a soybean crop. It's just the way it usually shakes out. And I think overall, uh, it's still not a lot going on out there. With that said, there is white mold starting to show up, maybe a little bit more to the east and the west alley. I'd like to get your comments there. Um, yeah, I haven't necessarily seen, you know, a whole field of meltdown, kind of what I call the meltdown of white mold. It seems like a lot of just patchy areas, maybe along the waterway or just some sprinkled plants here and there, which... You know, that, that level of infestation isn't usually too detrimental. I hate to see any at all, but it usually doesn't end up in those, you know, 40 bushel disaster white mold fields. But um, my, my hope is that if it stays that way, I don't think it's going to progress and to be atrocious. With that said, you know, you, you just never know. The conditions are, are probably favoring it not getting worse, but you just, you know, we got to watch that. And also SDS has started to show up alley in some cases, maybe a little more widespread. Um, in some cases, I thought about that. Gosh, you know, we weren't super wet at planting. You know, we compaction wise, you know, we had a nice fall, but we did plant in really cold soils and, you know, nobody's fault. It wasn't planting day. We just didn't warm up till late May this year. So soils are cold and you got to remember infection of SDS takes place at emergence. And, uh, you know, as we, as we see that, we got to take note and be thinking about, you know, variety selection. Also just a reminder, there's seed treatments out there that do a great job on SDS and that's a great defense and maybe something we're just going to have to continue to you know, to educate and uh, point those those opportunities how to control that disease because um yeah they're still out there and uh, insect wise fairly quiet a few spider mites uh, some Japanese beetles really hammering the edges if you see a lot of that 
don't panic, walk out there, just double check that it's just the edges, but those that's probably what's going to the bean crop. But, uh, you know, beans like sun, a lot of sunlight, a lot of potential up there. And um, I'm equally as excited of the bean potential as the corn. Yep, absolutely. So agree with your comments there, even to the west side of my my territory. You can find SDS, can find white mold, but but plant to plant, not progressed um, pockets within the field. So that's our update from the corn and soybean side of things. We'll be out on our crop tour later this week. Please feel free to follow along and we will update you next week with what we find from fields in Southeast Minnesota. You've been listening to Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060. If you've missed part of the show or want to hear more, check out the show page at kfilradio.com or with the 103.1 KFIL app. Stay connected with Allie and Josh on Twitter. It's at Allie G-Wise, W-I-S-E, and at Josh Schaffner to submit your questions for the show. Tune in next Wednesday for the next Today in Agronomy on KFIL AM 1060 